are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Before you sit down, I want you to talk to two people and tell them, I don't know what you came for, but I'm not living here the same way I came. Can someone shout a shout of praise? Please be seated. How many of you were blessed last night? God will do more today. The Bible talks about the glory of God. And it speaks of the glory of God in such a way that it is an ever-increasing glory. It's a glory that exceeds description of words from humans. At one point in scripture, it referred to the joy of the Lord. It said, joy unspeakable, full of glory. Jesus spoke when he went to the house of Lazarus and he said to one of the sisters, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Today I want to announce to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. You will see the glory of God. And the thing about seeing the glory of God is that it influences the one that sees it. It impacts the one that sees it. It transforms the one that sees it. He said, as we behold his face as in a glass, beholding the glory. The Bible talks about that Second Corinthians 3, 18. It says, we are transformed. That's the second time in scripture the word metamorphosis was used. Into the same image. How? By the Spirit of the Lord. Today, transformations are taking place on every side. Glory to God. Well, for last night, we were looking at a simple scripture. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. And the scripture said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. Thank God is not that it appeared to some men. It appeared to all. To who? To who? To who? All or some? All men. Are you a part of all men? The reason why it was clearly saying that it appeared to all men was because it was emphasizing that it didn't only appear to the Jews, that appeared also to the non-Jews. The Jews were known as the insiders of the covenants. And we that were non-Jews were once called the outsiders. 
but Christ has made us insiders. Are we together? The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ has made us what? Insiders. So the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, including you. And I explained to you that salvation there is talking about help. And so the grace of God that brings help, thank God it's not past tense, it's still happening today. It's still happening today. Had appeared to all men. Glory to God. When that grace appears and you embrace it, then you will feel the love of God. Amen. That's why the second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, the benediction says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, then it says, And the fellowship of the Spirit be with you. It's in that order. So when you embrace that grace, you start enjoying the love of God. And that love keeps you in fellowship with the Spirit. Glory to God. And that's what Christianity is. That fellowship with the Spirit. It's not just that we're brought into a relationship. No, we're brought into a relationship so that we could what? Fellowship. Hallelujah. Are we together? This evening, God will be doing something special in your life. Permit me to teach a little and then we'll allow the Spirit of God to do what He wants to do tonight. Glory to God. And I declare to you that my speech and my preaching are not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God gave me a script and a rod. And there are certain meetings we go for, and then he will say, it's the script. And I will just faithfully teach the word, and the same things that will happen, will happen. And then there are certain meetings where we go for, and then he says, it's the rod. Tonight you will see the script and the rod. Amen. The script is the teaching ministry. The rod is the signs, wonders, and miracles. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's not a learned skill. It's a gift. Today, I'm going to be speaking on the gifts and calling of God. Everybody say the gifts and calling of God. Say it again. The gifts and calling of God. The gift is plural. Calling is singular. Hallelujah. The gifts and calling of God. There are some of you that you, the calling of God in your life will be activated in this service. There's some of you, clarity will come. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of believers were taught wrong. I said a lot. And one of the blessings in this day and age is God teaching the body, instructing the body, building the body through the accurate teaching of the word of God. And that's why you hear some people say certain things. I remember years ago, amongst young believers, 
They questioned and the discussion they always have among themselves. Especially those that were hungry for the things of God. Are you born again? Yes. What is your calling? These days, I don't know if I get to hear some young folks asking those kind of questions. Now they ask, sometimes they ask stupid questions. Amen. That one was not a very sensible question. But at least it was a question that proved that someone was hungry for God. Now people are asking, are you born again? Do you want to be my girlfriend? Stupid questions. What is your calling? And then they made those that didn't believe or didn't know what their calling was look like they, they are, their salvation has not been authenticated. <laughs> are we together? And But it's not different from the experiences of yesteryears. The great man of God, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagin, was teaching and he said, in the day he lived in, everybody was either a pastor or an evangelist. So if you were not a pastor, automatically you were an evangelist. So if you check in your spirit, you are not a pastor, then you are an evangelist. They didn't know someone could be an apostle, a prophet, or even a teacher. As a matter of fact, there are people that even believed that the phase of apostles and prophets were over. That that has passed in the body of Christ. So, you are either a pastor or an evangelist. So, he pastored for some years. 12, 13 or thereabout years. And faithfully pastored. Then God said, no, I didn't want you to pastor. And he thought, maybe, then I'm an evangelist. Amen. And he was not any of the two. Glory to God. <laughs> years later, the Lord said, you are a prophet and a teacher. Glory to God. But so, generations have come. And today, you have people that when they hear calling, they think of only apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So I'm sure when I said the calling of God, some of you thought, oh, this is for pastors. Amen. <laughs> and that's why we're teaching this. And sometimes there are things that we, we hope we have more days. We just hope that we could have more time. Because the clarity you have is what determines your effectiveness. You cannot be more effective than how the gospel is clear to you. You cannot be more effective than how spiritual things are clear to you. Your strength in your walk with God is your understanding. Spiritual understanding. And today, the Lord give you understanding. Amen. The Lord give you understanding. Amen. So are you ready? Alright, my opening scripture is Romans 11.29. Romans chapter 11 verse 29. Romans 11.29. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to read it together. I want to go. For the gifts and calling of God 
are without repentance. Now, there are some of you that are behaving like you didn't come with your voice. You left it at home and you came with your hand and leg. Amen. So, please, I want to be sure you came with your voice. Let's read it again. One to go. Glory to Jesus. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, most believers that have been saved for a while and read their Bible are not strangers to this verse. They are not ignorant of this statement. But it's just that they don't understand what the statement really means. The first thing I want you to understand here is that Paul, by the Spirit of God, was explaining that there are gifts. Everyone say gifts. Say it again, gifts. And then there is a calling. Amen. And it is not by accident that the gifts are plural and the calling is singular. Now, if you want to understand scripture, it's good to read it in context. The whole of Romans 11, what Paul was explaining is trying to explain the place of Israel even while, while the church exists. Because some people began to think that because God has called believers or the church or the gospel now was available to the Gentiles, it meant that God had abandoned the Jews. Are you with me? And then Paul was correcting that idea in Romans 11. In correcting that idea, he was explaining that, hey, 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 don't think that way. Yes, they did not believe. Because of their unbelief, God opened the door for you to come in. Because you believed, you were grafted in. That's old English. Today's English say grafted in. And then they were taken out because they didn't believe. Now, what he was explaining was that as long as God called the Jews, he will not change his mind about them. Amen. Amen. That whatever is happening to them now is temporary. Glory to God. Am I communicating? It's for a time. It was in that context that he came to this statement and said, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Am I communicating? He was not talking about apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about God's gifts and his calling. Amen. That means his, his purpose for man doesn't change his mind. Amen. Am I communicating? He doesn't change his mind. That's what he meant by without repentance. Some translations say they are irrevocable. Amen. They are irrevocable. Now, let me just... My focus is not the gifts. My focus is the calling of God. But just for clarity, I will just say a few things. When the Bible uses the word gifts, it is talking about distributions from God that were not earned. Hallelujah. They were not earned. Someone didn't earn it. Am I communicating? And now, the, the, the gifts... There are several things that fall into the category of gifts. For example, God the Father, hallelujah, gave us a gift 
Do you know the gift he gave to the world? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God's gift, the Father's gift to the world was Jesus Christ. Simple scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave, hallelujah, his only begotten son. That means that God's gift, the Father's gift to humanity, to all men, is Jesus Christ. If you are here today, that's the Father's gift to you. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus Christ is the Father's gift to the world, to me. Glory to God. And scriptures are very important. Then the Bible now tells us about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. He as a person is a gift. Acts 2.38 talks about that. He refers to him as a gift. But the Holy Spirit is the Father's gift to the believers, to the church. Amen. Not to the world. That's what the Bible says. The world cannot receive him. Amen. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Because they don't know him. That means when a man receives Jesus Christ and gets born again, there is a gift from the Father for him. The Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why when you've received God's first gift, Jesus Christ, the next gift you must receive is the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? You must receive the Holy Spirit. That's the Father's gift to the believer, to the church. That's why when people want to receive the Holy Spirit, the most important question is not, oh, uh, uh, the most important question is, are you born again? Amen. Because if you are not born again, we could press your head all we want, we could press your stomach all you want, you are not going to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you have not been made the temple of God yet. Salvation means that the Holy Ghost makes you the temple of God. A dwelling place for His Spirit to come and live. So we can press you all we want and you're not going to receive the Holy Spirit. Am I communicating? So, the Father had made provision for the world. The world must receive the gift of Jesus Christ. And then the one that has received the gift of Jesus Christ must receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about the gift that the Holy Spirit brings. I'm talking about the person of the Holy Spirit as a gift. Hello. And in scripture, sometimes there's a difference in the Greek when it's referring to the Holy Spirit as a gift and when it's referring to what the Holy Spirit is giving. Amen. Am I communicating? So when the Bible talks about the gifts of God, it's talking about Jesus, which is salvation. It's talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? And then Jesus himself now gave his own gifts to the church. Which is Pastor T.B. Peters. Apostle Paul. Peter. James. John. Are you listening to me? That is Jesus' gift to the church. The Bible says, He, Jesus, gave gifts to men. Am I communicating? 
the fivefold ministries are the gifts of Jesus to the body of Christ. Then the Bible still talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alright, now, in 1 Corinthians 12, it didn't list those abilities as gifts. It listed them as manifestations of the Spirit. But Hebrews chapter 2 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 2. Is this, is this clear? Are you understanding it? Alright, let's read this together. I want to go. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to His own will. So, the Holy Ghost also, that has come into your life, comes with gifts. Amen. You know what those gifts are? Special abilities. Everybody say special abilities. Say it again, special abilities. That's what he comes with. Some of them are listed in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. The gift of word of knowledge. The gift of word of wisdom. The gift of discerning of spirits. The gift of tongues. The gift of diverse kinds of, of, diverse kinds of tongues. The gift of interpretation of diverse kinds of tongues. The gift of prophecy. The gift of healing. The gift of faith. The gift of walking of miracles. Nine of them are listed. It doesn't mean that's all, but nine of them were listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Those special abilities are for service. Glory to God. Am I communicating? They are not for fun. They are for service. They are for service. The moment the believer, the believer cannot fully serve God without those special abilities. So, you know what the gift of the Father is? Do you know what the gift of the Father is? Do you know what the gift of Jesus Christ is? Do you know what the gift of the Holy Spirit is? You could list it the gift of the Trinity. Amen. <laughs> well, I think I thought on this two campaigns back here in church. I mean, you could get a message, exclusive gifts of the New Testament. I mentioned that there. Now, but where I'm going to is the calling. I just listed the gifts, you know, just for clarity. So the Bible says the gifts. That means that that which the Father... Now, the Father cannot take Jesus Christ back. Amen. That's what it means. Is irrevocable. The Father cannot take the Holy Spirit back. Amen. Are you with me? In the same way, Jesus, the people Jesus sent out, He doesn't call them back. Amen. And what the Holy Spirit gives to you, He doesn't take it back. I know some of us, when we were little children, I, we all did that, I believe so, I don't know, you know, where you have a misunderstanding with your friend, and you say, give me back my sweet I gave you last week. How many of you collected your sweet back? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it was a gift, but you took it back. But the Bible says the gifts of God are irrevocable. Amen. He doesn't take it back. Is that not wonderful? That's something to be excited about. Hallelujah. Amen. He doesn't take it back. But now, he was not just talking about the gifts. He was talking about the calling of God. 
Ever say the calling of God? Now, when he said the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I would like to read the message translation of Romans 11.29. Message translation. Are we together? It says there, God's gifts and God's call are what? Are under full warranty. Never cancelled. Never rescinded. Amen. Did you get that? Let's read it again. One to go. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Never cancelled. Never rescinded. It's not withdrawn. Hallelujah. That's what rescinded means. Now, listen. This is amazing. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to understand something quickly, and then we could go further with this. One of the prayers of Paul for the church was that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened, that they may know what? The hope of his calling. Are we together? Every believer is called of God. I said every believer is called of God. Did you hear me? Everyone here is called of God. Let me explain what calling means first. So you will understand. I did not say every believer is an evangelist. I did not say every believer is a pastor. I did not say every believer is an apostle or a prophet. But I said every believer is called of God. Hallelujah. Is that clear to you? I am taking it slowly such that, you know, there's some people they say, Pastor, you are confusing me. No, I cannot confuse you. You were confused before you came. As I'm talking, your confusion is exposed. Amen. I, I cannot confuse you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> are we together? <laughs> If a room is scattered, you cannot blame the person that put on the lights that he scattered the room. When he puts on the light, you will see that it was scattered since. Though there was no light. Amen. When the light comes on, you say, ah, you have scattered the room. No, 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 I didn't scatter. I just put on the light. Amen. And it shows that the room is scattered. So you can arrange it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright. Go back to Romans eleven twenty nine. The Bible says the gifts and calling of God. That word that was translated calling was used deliberately in the New Testament about 11 times. Calling. Calling. Used specifically throughout the New Testament about 11 times. And what it means is an invitation. 
Praise God. Ever say an invitation. Another word is a summoning. Ever say a summoning. Say an invitation. Glory to God. Do you hear that? That's what it means. The word calling is old English now. If we're speaking today, it will say God's gifts and invitation. Amen. Are without repentance. Did you get that? God's gifts and his summoning. Hallelujah. I'll use another phrase to help you understand. God's gift and his recruitment notice. Are without repentance. Invitation. Ever say invitation. The Greek word for some of you that are scholars. Klesis. Klesis. K-L-E-S-I-S. Klesis. Now, klesis is from that word we get ecclesia. Ecclesia is what the word church is translated as. Hallelujah. The church is the ecclesia of God. The church is simply the called out ones. Amen. That's what the church is. The church is simply the called out ones. The ones that have been called out. Are you the church? That means you are the called. Amen. No, you didn't get it. Are you the church? That means you are the called. Amen. The word church means called out once. Glory to God. Now, let me explain it some, this way to you. In Matthew 11 verse 28, Jesus made a statement. You know, he was talking um, for three verses before that statement in 28. He was saying, talking about what the Father had delivered all things to him and so on and so forth. Then he got to 28. He said, come unto me. That was an invitation. Did you get that? That was an invitation. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That was an invitation. Am I complicating? He's inviting man, humanity to come. Glory to God. Am I complicating? What do you think preaching of the gospel is? I will come to that in a short while. But let me explain something to you. Before you were born, for the fact that Jesus sent, God sent Jesus to die for you, God has sounded an alarm and called the whole world, amen, to himself. Did you hear me? He called all of mankind to himself. Let's look at Romans 8. I'll look from verse 28 to 30. And then we'll read Jeremiah's story. And then we'll travel around the Bible. Amen. In Jeremiah chapter, sorry, in um, Romans chapter 8, it says, And we know, watch this, that all things work together, hallelujah, for good to them that love God. Then it says, to them who are the called. Everybody say the called. According to what? His purpose. We're reading to 30, so follow me. 29. For whom he did foreknow. What did he do? He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
30, the last verse. Let's read together. I want to go. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. And whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. Amen. Now, hold this thought in your mind. We'll come back here. Now, when I was growing up, one of the first times, God has spoken to me several times. God had visited me while I was six, had visited me at ten, visited me at thirteen. About the time I was thirteen, God spoke to me through the scripture in Jeremiah 1. And I went to my father and I said, I heard God speak to me and I showed him the scripture. And then from that moment, God, when my dad told me, he said, everything God is saying to you, be writing it down, you will need it forever. So, I give the credit to my dad. I said, writing down the things that God was saying to me. Even when I didn't understand them. So, I read Jeremiah 1, about the age of 13, 14. That would have been before, before the war. <laughs> All right. All right. Glory to God. All right. You know, so let's go to Jeremiah 1. I'll read verse 5. Jeremiah, but you know, but as I grew up, the way they were teaching Jeremiah 1 was different from what the Lord told me. Amen. All right. Now, watch this. Are you there? It said, Before I formed thee, God was speaking to Jeremiah. Let's read together. You know, let me be sure that I'm, I'm speaking to people. Want to go? Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now you could title this verse before. Amen. <laughs> because he said before two times. Amen. Before. What happened before? Glory to God. Are you with me? What happened before? Listen carefully. He said to Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That means you existed before you were formed in the belly. Did you hear me? This scripture proves that man is a spirit. That man is a spirit. Before I formed thee in the womb, in the belly, I knew thee. That means that somehow we are all sitting on some reserve bench waiting for our turn to go into the world. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you with me? And he knew all of us. Number two, number five, number eleven. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You are going to Rumola. Amen. You are going to Japan. Hallelujah. And you came on the field. Are you listening to me? Before we were formed in the belly, he knew us. Now, what I learned about this was that this was not peculiar to Jeremiah. It is what everybody's experience really is. Amen. The only thing peculiar to Jeremiah is that he was a prophet. But God for knowing you is not peculiar to Jeremiah. For, for, um, for knowing Jeremiah is not peculiar to Jeremiah. It's what happened to every human being. Are you with me? How do we know? That's what Romans 8 was saying. Verse 30. For whom he did foreknow. Is there anybody that God did not foreknow? I'm asking you. Is there anybody that came and said, God said, where did this guy come out from? 
at least you agree with me that God is all-knowing. Is that not so? I know there are some men that don't know all their children. <laughs> Amen. You say, ah, this one's your child. Eh. <laughs> Who am I to reject? <laughs> you never can tell. <laughs> And there are even cases of men that have died. Their children are still coming. <laughs> but God is referred to as the father of spirits. He knows all, all he created. Amen. A God that told you that the number of the, the hair on your head is numbered. If it's that detailed, is it the number of human beings on earth he doesn't know? Are you listening to me? You know, for many years, let me just digress a bit. I, I grew up hearing that. They said that there's a part of the human body that they don't know what the function is. The appendix. So if somebody has appendicitis, they take it out. They say it doesn't have any function in the body. There's a word they use, a uh, medical term, I've forgotten what the term is, for organs that don't seem to have a functionality in the body. Vesti something? Vestigal organs. They believe so. But science is catching up with God. Amen. Or trying to. Amen. It has a purpose. I always knew it had a purpose. So anybody I see that they took out their pen, I check their behavior. <laughs> I'm actually looking for trouble. <laughs> their behavior before the appendix and after the appendix. <laughs> We can end the service here and call out all the non-appendix people on this side. And all the people that have appendix to this side. You will see a similarity. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Alright, but what I'm trying to say is this. Even when man did not know what the part or what the function of that body was, it had a part, it had a function, it had a role. Recently, science began to find out they did a lot of research and all that, and they found out actually what the appendix was for or is for. Alright? They found out. Glory to God. You want to know? Come tomorrow. <laughs> Alright, maybe the title of the message tomorrow will be The Appendix of God. <laughs> Glory to God. So, there is nothing. Hallelujah. That God doesn't know about. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Let's read Romans 8.30 again. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Now, before he predestinated, he foreknew. Verse 29 told us that. Whom he did foreknow. He did what? Predestinate. And now he's telling us, go back to 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Is there anyone that was not foreknown? No. That means that that experience of Jeremiah is everybody's experience. 
Permit me to say it this way. God foreknew you. He foreknew you, man. And he predestinated you. Did you hear me? Now, what the scripture is trying to say is that whom he did foreknow, them he also predestinated. Whom he did predestinate, he also was called. That means before you were sent out, there was a summoning from God to you. Let me explain what the call is. The call is when God said, come and go there into the world. Amen. God called you before you were born. Hallelujah. Did you hear me? I said God called you before you were born. There's a simple illustration I always give here when we talk about calling. And I say it this way, very simple. I say, if I beckon on you, say, hey, come. When you come here to meet me, the next thing on your mind is, why did you call me? Because I must have had a reason why I called you. So God called you. He had a reason in mind. Amen. Amen. That's why. So, now I'm coming somewhere. So there's a call upon you. Go back to Jeremiah 1. So let's see where, where God called him. Jeremiah 1 5. Let's read together. Before I formed thee in the belly, that's the same thing. I knew thee. Do you agree that God knew you too? Do you agree that God knew you? Even, you know, there are some things that don't change even if you don't believe. Hello? I don't believe in oxygen. It doesn't change the fact that there's oxygen. You just die for nothing. So, it's not a matter of believing. This is a fact, a spiritual fact. In actual fact, it's a truth. Amen. That before God formed you in the belly, He knew you. The second thing says, and before you came out of the womb, I sanctified. To sanctify means you were set apart for a specific purpose. Then He said to, what was specific to Jeremiah is when he said, and I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. I don't know what he ordained you. But you can know. Amen. Are we together? Are we together? And that's why you're here. Lift your hands. Say, Open my eyes, Lord, to your calling upon my life. Say it again. Open my eyes to your calling upon my life. You know, sometimes it's surprise. There are some people now that say, "Lift your hand, open your, uh, open my eyes," and they're looking at. They're, instead, they're opening their eyes, and they have been fasting and praying. Oh God, what's the call of my life? Now the message has come, and you should participate with the Spirit of God. Now, Paul used this same illustration. When he was speaking. I believe it was in Galatians. Paul said. Let's look at Galatians 1. Um, give me from verse 4. It should be between 4 and 6. It says. Who gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to the will of God and our Father. 
To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's just go at the scripture I'm looking for. Next, next. Six. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for where he said, separated unto the gospel of God. Amen. From his mother's womb. Now, it will come up. What happened was that Paul was communicating that he also was separated unto the gospel of God. Hallelujah. 15, thank you. It says, when it pleased God, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and did what? And called me by his grace. Paul was not the only one separated from his mother's womb. All of us were separated for something. Amen. Did you hear me? So, when you read Jeremiah 1.5, that says, Before I formed in the womb, I knew thee. Know that it, re- it relates to you too. Am I communicating? Because whom he did predestinate, them he also what? Called. So, I'll pause there and I'll go further. Now, this summoning of God to you was before you were born. Are you listening to me? But now, after you are born, something has to happen. Are you listening to me? Something has to happen. And we can learn that from the life of Moses, from the life of Samuel, Let's use Moses for example. You know that Moses, before he was born, before he was born, if you read Exodus, first chapter, second chapter, third chapter, you'll find that the children of Israel were groaning, crying in pain. God, to answer their pain, gave them a Moses. Amen. Are you listening to me? He gave them a Moses. Moses was God's answer. He was called Moses the Deliverer. His job was to bring them out of that pain. Am I communicating? Now, Moses was born. That means before Moses came, God already had a plan for Moses. Is that not so? Then, Moses was living his life, age 15, age 18, age, and he was even living in Pharaoh's house. Then one day, Burning bush happened. Ever say burning bush? What was burning bush? God that called him in the mother's womb, now is calling him in real time. Amen. Am I communicating? Are you getting what I'm saying? He's not calling him in real time. To respond to that call he put in him before he was born. Did you hear me? The same thing happened with Samuel. Samuel, his mother Anna, had been praying for a child. She now made a vow to God. And said, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. God said, deal. God gave her a son. Before Samuel was born, there was a purpose for Samuel. Hallelujah. But Samuel lived in Eli's house. Are you listening to me? Am I communicating? Now, maybe they kept him there for training, whatever it was. But God came on the outward and called him Samuel. That calling is the call on the outside. 
It's a call because there was a call inside. Are you listening to me? Now, do you know that the same thing happened to Moses, happened to, 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 to Samuel? Well, let me explain what I mean. When God called Moses and said, Moses, first of all, the Bible told us that he saw a bush burning and he approached it. What surprised me is that why did God not just talk? Are you understanding me? Moses can just be walking. God can just be telling him what he's telling him. Ah, I want you to do this. No, no. God wanted him to respond. Ever say respond. Say, ever say respond. God needed him to respond. And then, as the bush was burning, he came there to see. Then God said, take off your sandals or your shoes. Or where you're standing. As he responded, then the other things that God wanted for him were told him. The same thing happened to Samuel. He was sleeping in Eli's house. And he heard his name, Samuel. He stood up. It sounded like Eli's voice. And he ran to Eli and said, you called me, sir. He said, no, I didn't call you. He went back. He heard the name again, Samuel. Now, look at Is God not supposed to say, Nami, they call you. Pigeon English, right? God allowed him to go to Eli. He went to Eli the second time and said, Sir, no, you, you, you called me. No, I didn't call you. He went back. Then Eli said to him, If you hear, Eli was a man that understood spiritual things. Listen to me. That's why many people don't fulfill call of God upon their life. Because when God brings them around people that understand spiritual things that can help them, they don't learn. Imagine if Samuel was not living in Eli's house. He would say, I think I'm, I'm losing my mind. I used to hear my name sometimes. I'm even binding it now. It took a spiritual man to tell him, the next time you hear the voice, say, he told him what to say. That means he knew how to respond to God. My prayer for you today, concerning the call of God in your life, is that you will learn how to respond to God. Then he said, when you hear, say this. First Samuel 3 verse 9. Let's read together. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say. Did you get that? He told him what to say. He told him what to say. Thou shalt say. Speak, Lord. What did he say? Just a minute. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Now, ask me this. Have you ever thought of this? Just say, <laughs> let me just say this quickly. Is it that small sentence? That small, speak, Lord, for thy servant. It's not that the Lord, it's not that they told him, say, twinkle, twinkle, cuckoo, kaka, cuckoo. You know, they didn't tell him to say one mysterious thing. Everything they told him to say is something that he knows already. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? He said, speak, Lord, for thy servant hear it. Simple. But it took a man that understood spiritual things to tell him, 
how to respond. Today, by the Holy Ghost, you will see in your spirit how to respond. Listen, a lot of people are responding to the beckoning of the Spirit wrong. Amen. They are not responding to it the way they ought to respond. And there could be no partnership and participation from that point. Imagine if it took him three months to say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant here. Imagine if it took him three years to say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant here. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Next verse. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing. This is, that means that this information was waiting for the right response. Now, let's come back to where we are. In the New Testament, faith is the right response. Are you listening to me? Faith is that right response. And that's what a lot of believers don't understand. Now, it is important to know how does God call? He calls with the gospel. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? How do we know that? The popular Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. That means that the only way man can have the right response to God is that he has to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, Verse 18. We always read 17. We don't read 18. Verse 18 now said, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went out into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Um, King James might not have helped you. Let's amplify it so you see the meaning of what he's saying. He's calling the gospel the sound. Amen. The sound that God makes for someone to respond. Amen. But I ask, have they not heard? Amplified. Indeed they have. For the scripture says, the voice, that of the nature bearing God's message, has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the far bounds of the world. That means that the sound that God gives, that is a call to your spirit, is the gospel. Amen. You didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. The sound that goes out, how God invites you to respond to his call in your spirit, is the gospel. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? And in the same way that you responded to the gospel, the way you also understand how or what the call is, is by hearing the same gospel. Did you get it? Let me borrow something from what one comedian used to say. You get it. Some people get it. They don't get it. They get it. Glory to God. Did you get it? Should I continue? So that call, when we say God's calling, is that all-inclusive summon or invitation of God to your spirit through the gospel. 
That's what the calling is. When I call it all-inclusive. In that call, first of all, you are called out of something and called into something. Listen to me. Before you were born, you were not a sinner. Amen. Do you know that? Birth is what made you a sinner. Did you hear me? Birth is what made you a sinner. That you were born. The Bible says, um, I told you what the I said, in, in sin did my mother, you know, that, that as you came out, you were born out of sin. Into the world, into sin. Nobody was born into Christ by physical birth. Amen. Everyone was born as a sinner. Am I communicating? That means that before you came into your mother's womb, put it better, before you came into your mother's womb, you were not a sinner. Amen. Amen. God knew you. Amen. Conception and birth is where you and sin met. Amen. And sin got into your spirit. So you were born in sin. Now, because you were born in sin, God had to wait for you to come on this side and then call you out of sin. Amen. Are you listening to me? I show you a scripture. 1 Peter 2.9 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Amen. King James, please. That you should show forth the praises of him who had called you what? Out of what? That means you are the one that was called out of. The day you were called out of darkness was the day you heard the gospel and responded to it. Am I communicating? Now, all of humanity is called. But the called out ones are those that have responded to the call. Amen. Are you listening to me? Then they become part of the church. Then the rest of the world, they've not become part of the ecclesia, but there is a call for them too. Amen. Because they also were foreknown and predestined. But now, God is calling them out of darkness. They've not responded. The gospel of Jesus Christ that we preach is for men to respond to the call. Amen. When they respond, they are called out of darkness. And called to what? To his marvelous lights. There are several scriptures I would like to just show to you what we are called into. We are called out of darkness. We are called into what? His marvelous light. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. Galatians 1 6 talks about us being called into the grace of Christ. Hallelujah. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into what? The grace of Christ. That means we are not just told what we are called out of. We are also called into the grace of Christ. Now, Paul was very concerned about all the churches that he preached to knowing or having a sense of their calling in God. Am I communicating? All of the churches. You know, Paul had seven churches he preached to. Or he wrote two. It's even from John's seven churches in the book of Revelations. Paul's seven churches is even from John's seven churches. But there was a church that was both John's and Paul's. The church in Ephesus. John wrote about them. Paul wrote about them. Paul's seven churches, all of them, apart from one, he spoke clearly about the calling. He always made them understand that they were called. Amen. Are we together? We can start. I'll just give you one or two. But you're seeing Galatians. Galatians say, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that what? Called you. That means he's telling them that they are called. 
He's not talking to pastors. He's talking to believers. Let's look at Romans 1. Let me read verse... Two, three, the greeting of Paul. I just want to read that and just show you something. Glory to Jesus. Lift your right hand and say, I am called. And that call is getting clear in my spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the greatest thing I want you to learn is that response. And that's where I will close today. That response. Let's look at Romans 1. First of all, I'll read verse 1. Then, I'll read 4 to 6. Amen. Now, let's read together. I want to go. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Now, because Paul always talks like this, they think that he's the only one that is called. Are you understanding me? Called to be an apostle. But Paul now goes further in verse 4 through to 6 to tell them, I'm not the only one that is called. You two are called. He now says, and declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from dead. From verse 5, read with me. Want to go. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Verse 6, again. Among whom... Are ye also the called of Jesus Christ? Did you see that? Say, I am the called of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1 verse 9. Put, up, put it up quickly. First Corinthians 1 verse 9. He said, you are the called of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1 9 says, let's read together. I want to go. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you see that? He's talking to the believer. I could show you a dozen other scriptures, hallelujah, of how the scripture is telling you that you are called. Now, let me explain something to you. The purpose of his calling, you can never know until you first respond to the call. Amen. And your first response is the response to the call that may, to salvation, to receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then, the Spirit of God, hallelujah, begins to teach you, show you. The Bible says, He reveals to you those things that are freely given to you. Some people say, well, years later, God now called me. No, that was the call from a long time back. It's just that you discovered it later. Paul was amongst a group of believers in Acts chapter 13. And while they were together, ministering to the Lord, praying and fasting, the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I have called them. That was not the day he was calling them, but that was the day believers, other believers, laid hands on them and separated them to go out and do that work. Are you listening to me? The time between when that call was in your spirit and when you respond to it is not dependent on God, it's dependent on you. Every time you hear the gospel, is God summoned to your spirit. Hallelujah. To awaken to the call. We are called as believers into Christ. 
to share into Christ and into His agenda on the earth. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? We are called into Christ and the agenda on the earth. The redemptive work of God in the earth. Now, in one portion of the scripture, I hope that this will be the last scripture I will show to you. In one portion of the scripture, I told it about 11 times, the word calling, translated, alright, classes was translated. One of the times, it was not calling, it was not translated as calling. It was translated as vocation. Ephesians 4 verse 1. In Ephesians 4, verse 1, are you there? Let's read together. I want to go. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the classes wherewith you are called. Instead of calling it calling, he called it vocation. That means he's saying that your calling is your eternal or spiritual career. Are you listening to me? All of us, every human, has a divine career. Did you hear what I said? Say, I have a divine career. Say again, I have a divine career. For some of you, your divine career might be different from your earthly career. But every believer has a divine career. It is that career that God assesses you with when you get to heaven. You know why the leading of the Spirit is so important for the believer? Because you cannot mentally figure out those things. No, you can't. You can't. And there are some teachings that are, they, they are questionable. Alright? They are questionable. Listen. Listen and hear me. Hear me. I speak by the Spirit of God. You cannot use your senses to explain the things of the Spirit. No, you can't. Your senses are not equipped enough to be able to discern spiritual things. So, when you hear teachings where someone says, well, check your passion. What you're passionate about, it won't want you to do. It cannot be true. It cannot be true. Let me tell you why it cannot be true. Because some of us were raised with wrong passions. Are you listening to me? Except those passions have been influenced by the word of God and the spirit of God. A man that sleeps with fellow men is passionate. So you cannot tell me that his passion is God's leading. Are you listening to me? That's his passion. His passion is another man. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Just check what you are good at. What you are good at, anything you are good at, is what God wants you to do. It's not consistent with the teaching of scriptures. If not, God will not have sent... Look at, the, look at, look at how God... You know... <laughs> Glory to God. Paul was a Jew. And he was a Pharisee. Amen. You know a Pharisee, someone is, he has studied Judaism. 
naturally, he should be the one speaking to the Jews. But God said, no, you will go to the Gentiles. Then, Peter will go to the Jews. Uh -uh. Do you know that Paul several times tried to preach to the Jews? Anytime he goes there, they will beat him. Because he, naturally, he can do it. But that was not what God wired him for. Are you listening to me? Do I believe in natural talent? Yes, I do. I believe in natural talent. I believe natural talent has its place. But what I'm saying, your natural talent cannot be your leading. The work of the Spirit in your life. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit. It didn't say as many as are led by their talents. There are some people that will live in this earth and go and meet Jesus. And never have known while they were here what actually was called. Because... Anything you don't pay attention to spiritually will also not attend to you. It's a law. If you're not giving attention to it, it will open. You've never prayed about, Lord, what, what's your purpose for my life? You've never prayed that prayer in your life. You've never ever, ever said, Lord, Lord, walk, walk out your purpose in my life. What do you want me to do? You've never asked. You just do what you feel. I, I, if I feel it, I do it. I feel it, I do it. That's the hip-hop generation. Are you feeling it? You're feeling me? You're feeling me? <laughs> That's not how we function. Paul woke up one day and just, he felt like he should go to Maisha to preach the gospel. That's what he felt. And he was on his way there. The Spirit said no. The Bible said the Spirit forbade him. Glory to God. Now, I, I agree that you can, on your own, be doing good things. But always be sensitive to the leading of the spirits. Am I communicating? Someone was telling me one time. He said, eh, eh, the, the church is pastored by my uncle. Uh -uh, it will be so hard for me not to be going to the church. That's why I don't go now. I said, your spiritual destiny is important to you. Amen. Glory to God. You don't go to a church because it's your uncle's church. Or the man is from your village. You don't go to a church because it's near your house. You go to a church because the Spirit of God has something for you there. He led you there. There's something specific in that place for you. That's where He has designed to equip you for the, your divine career. Your divine career needs constant equipment. And the role of the church is to fulfill and make that equipment available to you. God raises a special spiritual lecturer or professor for your destiny to help you fulfill destiny. That's what a pastor is. Today, some of you, the calling of God in your life will open. It has been there since. It will be awakened. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me, listen to me. There are some of you that you never have thought of this on your own. But because of what the Spirit of God wants to do this year, this teaching has come to you. It has come to you. you listen to me. The prayer of Paul in Ephesians 1.19. He said, 
that, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. That you may know the hope of His calling. Then it's, it's after that calling that you now know the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who have believed. Amen. What is He saying? When you have understood the reason why God summoned you, then you understand the inheritance is the provision He has made to fulfill your divine career. That's the inheritance. Am I communicating? That's the inheritance. The provision He had made in the earth for you to carry out your divine career. There are some of you here, there are estates, there are cities, there are nations that have been set aside for you because your divine career requires those cities to be given to you. Some of you, there are airports that belong to you. It's not just because you are doing name it and claim it, name it. It's not about name it and claim it. It's about taking your place in the spirits. You are not just saying, sitting now, just looking at something and naming and claiming. No, 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 no. You have an inheritance. Am I communicating? That means that God made provision. That summoning of God, that invitation of God, everything you need to fulfill or carry it out, He has made a provision for it before you came. There are men in this city and in different nations of the world that the reason why they were born is that they will help you do that thing that God has called you to do. Glory to God. And it's only the leading of the spirits that can bring you to the right place at the right time. Amen. Glory to God. It's only the leading of the spirit. Because human calculations can fail. You can just be, be like Abraham and Lot. What was Abraham and Lot? What was different between Abraham and Lot? Lot was someone that's always shining his eye. Abraham follows the leading of the spirit in his heart. How do we know? Lot. Lot was a nephew to Abraham. Abraham is the big uncle. And you know that Abraham is a prophet. God wanted to bless Lot. That's why he allowed Lot to be even around Abraham. Now the scripture never told us that God told Abraham to carry Lot along. But Abraham carried Lot along. Then they started having issues. May you not have issues with people you shouldn't have issues with. Some of you have issues with the people God has sent into your life and then you are at peace with the people that Satan sent into your life. i say it again because some of you are not getting it. Some of you have issues with the people God sent into your life but you are at peace with the ones that Satan sent into your life. They are the ones you are honoring. They are the ones you are giving this. You are, you are going to visit all the time. But Satan was the one that arranged them and kept them in your life. Lift your right hand and pray this prayer. Lord, help me never to have issues with the people that you have sent into my life. Pray that prayer from the depths of your heart. Help me never to have issues with the people that you have sent into my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're getting there. We're getting there. When Lot was having issues with Abraham... Abraham took the high road. I call it the high road. He said, what do you want? Hey, Abraham was inheritance minded. It means, take anything from me, I can never lose. Do anything to me, I can never fail. You cannot break me. You can't bend me. You can't spoil it. 
So he said, what do you want? Take any side. My brother, if you are lot, in case you are lot, let me advise you what to do. If you are lot and Abraham called you and said, take what you want. It's a spiritual setup. Say, Abraham, since I've been following you, I've not been choosing what I want to do. It's what you are telling me that I've been doing. It's where you are living, I've been living. Why will you be asking me this kind of question? Amen. Abraham, if you want me to go, show me where to go. Lord say, <laughs> I don't get sense now. Every, 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 every apprentice must be an ogre. And the Bible says he looked. He looked to. Now don't think that Lot was not a fool naturally. He might have been a spiritual fool, but he was not a natural fool. He had been in business. He has business acumen. Are you understand what I'm saying? But he used his judgment in business to check. He said, it's not like where two of you are in the same business. He says, choose which clients you want. I will take the remaining. He said, hey, 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 NDDC. <laughs> you understand that? You don't know that when you get to NDDC, that's when they will close the place. No, they won't close it. Oh, amen. <laughs> Alright? You will not know that. Oh, he said, no, no, ah, no, don't worry. Give me, give me, give me, give me, uh, 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 or give me one of the oil companies as they gave you. That's when they say they are living in Nigeria. Are you listening? That's what always happens to the man that doesn't follow the spirits. So, Lord, I'm advising you here. Godly counsel. If you are in any situation where you are Lord, where you have been blessed because you followed, my brother, continue to follow. Lord looked. The Bible says, the place looked green. He saw lustre. Lustre. Green fields. He said, Sir, I will go that way. Abraham did not argue. Abraham did not say, Uh uh-uh, uh, you have big eye. Abraham did not argue with him. Abraham said, Is that where you want? Go there. I will go this way, that way. Years later. Everybody say years later. Years later. Time had passed. Do you know where he went to? Sodom. That's where his leading led him to. His passion. Thank you. (laughs) To a place of passion. Even the man self had, even Lot had lost it. How do you know he had lost it? When the angels of God came to rescue him, I know why they came to rescue him because of the prayer of Abraham. Abraham was interceding. Lord, if there are ten righteous men, it is not in your character to destroy the wicked with the righteous. Lot was there grooving. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
all of a sudden the angels came. Lot was now negotiating. He said, because the men saw angels. I, I guess that the angels were good looking men. I've never seen an ugly angel. That means God is not in the ugly business. Amen. <laughs> He's not in the ugly business. Amen. Yeah, I've never seen an ugly angel. Amen. So, and I, I mean it, I've never seen an ugly angel. But I've seen an ugly demon. Amen. <laughs> ugly demon. So the men wanted to have sexual relations with the angels. And you know, this Lot was not saying, how can? This is, you know how politicians speak. You know, this is not in, you know, this is unconstitutional. <laughs> That's not what Lot was saying. No. You know what Lot was saying? Hold on. I have two girls. <laughs> and it's his daughters he's talking about. Her. I have two girls, two daughters. Take the daughters and leave the men. You have lost it. Amen. Are we together? If they asked you that question, the right response, I would say the right response, is very important. My prayer for you is that from henceforth, your responses will be the right responses. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. That the hand of God will rest upon you. Amen. That concerning that call of God in your spirit, that it will be the right responses and nothing else. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. And those of them in Yenugua watching on live stream, wherever they are, I speak to your spirits. From henceforth, it will be the right responses and nothing else. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every time you hear the gospel and you arise, the initiative you will take will be the initiative of the Spirit of God. And I pray for those of you here that in any way you've taken initiatives that were not the right ones, let the Holy Ghost cause a reset for you in the name of Jesus. I pray for a divine reset in the name of Jesus. Giving you an opportunity to start again in Jesus' name. Hey, listen to me. There is such a thing as recovering lost time. God's word said in Joel, He said the years, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar, all of them have eaten. He said, I will restore unto you. Why did the canker worm, the caterpillar eat it? Because the responses were not right responses. Am I communicating? Oh, okay. Look at what God wants to do. Look at what God wants to do. But someone was not seeing it. Now your eye is seeing. Job cried out to God. He said, I have heard of thee with the hearing of thy ear, of my ear. But now my eye seeth thee. And that is the moment for you today. Lift your right hand and say, now my eye seeth thee. Everyone rise to your feet. Now my eye seeth thee. Through the gospel, your eye sees. Pray in tongues everywhere. Marakatopaliabaye. I'm going to be praying for a few sets of people by the power of God, by the anointing of the Spirit. And I know that I know that I know. 
melebando zobrerie kete celebrata ya balegade lemende brados ke protosha la bahakati ya labaye melebondo brados ke protosha la bahakatoso lemende brado koto bayia lateade thank you for listening to this message if you have been blessed you can reach us by email on info at faith to